Welcome to the Empowering Industry Podcast, a production from Empowering Pumps and Equipment as the voice of the pump and related equipment industry. Hey everyone, I'm one of your hosts, Bethany Womack, here to introduce a special bonus episode of the Empowering Industry Podcast. During most episodes, you'll hear Charlie and myself talk about social media, preview the news from the Empowering Pumps and Equipment newsletter, and then do an industry interview. But this special episode is just an interview. We wanted to release this bonus content as a way to say thank you to all of you for listening and to highlight some of the amazing work that this interviewee is doing right now. You're about to hear Charlie interview Katie Maynard, a complete force for good in the energy industry and a fellow Houstonian who I feel so lucky to have met a couple of years back. Katie is the modern architect of culture change and energy and the founder and CEO of Ally by Pink Petro, the global community and career resource aimed at disrupting the gender gap in energy. In the interview with Charlie, you'll hear Katie talk about the story behind her book, Grow with the Flow, which was published this past May. One of the reasons we wanted to release Katie's interview now is because we wanted to share with you what she's doing to raise funds for hurricane relief in Louisiana after Hurricane Laura. This is near and dear to Katie's heart, as you'll hear in the interview when she talks about how Hurricane Harvey changed the course of her life. I'll include a link in the show notes to the GoFundMe that Katie organized to raise funds for CrowdsourceRescue.com, a 501c3 which enables search and rescue operations on the U.S. Gulf Coast. For more information on how to connect with Katie, you can find her links for her company, book, relief funds, social networking, etc. in the show notes. And just a couple more things before we get to the interview. Please do us a favor, rate and review the podcast, and then subscribe so that we show up in your podcast feed every Monday with new episodes. We'd love to connect with you on social media. Tag us at Empowering Pumps using the hashtag Empowering Industry Podcast or email us at podcast at empoweringpumps.com. Okay, without further delay, here's your interview. All right, Katie, welcome to the Empowering Industry Podcast. I can't tell people how happy I am to be able to have a moment of your time uh, I know you have had such a just crazy week uh, developing something awesome. So can you just introduce yourself and tell them what you're working on? Well, I'm Katie Maynard, and I'm the founder and CEO of Pink Petro. And just this week, yesterday, we launched our community ally. I love that name. So let's let's talk about the name. Because most of the time we, we hear ally and we want to be an ally or we need some allies. Uh, but this this meaning uh, is is more important or hits home a little it closer, does. right? You know, ally is actually spelled A L L Y, and my one and only daughter is named Ali, spelled A L L Y. And for years, for about two years now, we've been trying to understand how to move beyond Pink Petro. Pink Petro is a was a labor of love, and it was fun, and, and in some ways. I was told it was cute and and truth be told, I'm i I'm not a big pink fan, but I felt like I needed to do something to shake up the industry, right? Uh, make women in oil. Um, 
I guess, a little more fun. And so we did that when we launched five years ago. But as the world has turned, and you know it's turning, we knew we needed to move beyond Petro because it's a little retro, but very important in the energy mix. And we really needed to move beyond pink. The world is coming together. We need to be allies together. And that means men and women. It means you know all genders, all races, all nationalities, all backgrounds in order to address the energy transition that we are we are in. So Ally represented a way to unify. However, it wasn't until Ali, my daughter, looked at me one day and said, Mom, you are stressed. And I said, you are right. <laughs> she said, you know, why do you work so hard? And I said, you know, I work hard because of you. And she said, well, what are you working on? And I said, well, Mommy's got a big project. And at the time, I was trying to figure out what how we were going to reinvent ourselves or re, you know, evolve. And she looked at me and she said, you know, mom, sometimes the answers are right in front of us. And then she just kind of walked off and it just hit me like a rocket. I said, well, there you go, folks. Allie, right? Allie is, uh, is my answer. So Allie became ally and ally stands for advocate, listen, and learn. And it's all about uh, taking those three things and then putting them into action. Well, I think that's so great. And, you know, I have a daughter who's about to turn double digits, 10 years old uh, this month coming up. And so she does the same thing to me, Katie. She says, Mom, why are you always working? And, you know, take a break and come play with me and, and that type of thing. And you you definitely feel that like, okay, I, I do need to take a break. And the other side of you is like, but we're not done yet, right? We've got so much to do so that you have a better world to live in and you have the opportunities that you deserve. And so I think, you know, whether they like it or not right now, they're going to look back and be like, wow, my mom, they did some really good stuff. So I I definitely love that you tied her name to it. Okay. So does this mean that the branding Pink Petro goes away? Will we no longer see that branding and it it just all changes over? Is that what is happening? Well, first of all, as you know, because you're a business owner, it is a beast to file paperwork and all of that. We're not going to change the fundamental roots of who we are, but just like big brands in the world and big uh, companies, right, evolve their brands we're going to do the same. But if you look at Ally, the A is not as pink as Pink Petro. It's a bit magenta-ish. And we had a lot of input from our community mm-hmm. on, on the new design and the name. And so we wanted to reflect our roots, but also look to the future. So it's Ally powered by Pink Petro. Love it. And I do love how you involve your community in all these decisions in the backing of the actual design of the website and and how it's going to perform, Uh, involving your members and getting feedback. I mean, y'all are really good at creating content, of course, uh, but I found that just community outreach uh, to be really great. Thank you. You know, I think that this is the fundamental need of today. It's I was just talking about this a little bit on LinkedIn this morning. I think micro communities are are way more important today than some of these big box channels. You're, you know, we're on. A, we all need to have a Facebook profile and a, well, particularly a LinkedIn profile, right in business. But I just find the world we live in today is so full of spam, so full of hate, so full of junk. I mean, I get more requests for for dates and crazy stuff, you know, on a business platform than I do 
you know, on it, you know, so I'm, I'm, we're moving away from that. And we want to create this culture around micro communities and quality, right? Quality, not quantity. I don't need a million people. I just need, you know, a hundred thousand engaged people. Right. Right. I, I absolutely agree with that. We've been doing these video meetups and chats and I got to tell you, um, you know, once it gets to two screens, it's a little challenging to have uh, that in-depth conversation, but, but that community and that, that group of people that come and is there with us every two weeks, you know, you start gaining this trust and just freedom to speak and, and look for opportunities to work together and that type of thing. Uh, and I think that that is so needed right now. Like you said, we're going through some pretty tough times. So uh, I want to I want to shift gears a little bit, Katie, and talk about your book. And so this I was so excited when this came out. And of course, it's in the middle of crisis. Uh, you know, you can't do anything, Katie, without being in the middle of a crisis, right? So for the people that don't know, the name of the book is Grow With The Flow. And it says, embrace difference, overcome fear, and progress with purpose. Katie, there's so much in here just from your life story. And so would you just start with sharing? I know you've probably gotten to where this just comes out naturally for you. But tell us the story about Harvey and, and, and how that has kind of, I guess, catapulted you uh, into these things like overcoming fear? Well, you know, I started to write the book in my 20s and it was always on my list of things to do. And I put it down and I picked it up and I put it down and I picked it up. And um, it wasn't until I experienced Harvey a few years ago that I decided it was time to finish the book. And I think in some ways, you know, when you write something, you're always looking for a way to wrap it around, you know, a bigger thing. And so that's what Harvey did. And so that's why I titled the book, you know, Grow with the Flow, Um, the flow being that flow of water that rushed into my home and carried me and my daughter and everything that we've created, you know, in my marriage and my life away, you know, it, it was represented and symbolic of, of, uh, of, of that journey. And it's a journey that quite frankly, you can't always control, right? You can only focus on the things that you, you can control. And so I remember I said to myself, I'm either going to go to a therapist or finish my book and signed it up doing both. And the book starts out with Harvey, you know, it's, the book is organized around, you know, my, my work, but it also looks at, um, you know, Harvey as kind of the, is the, is the opening chapter and it, it gets directly into, you know, there I was thinking I was going to be okay. Just like we all are, you know, I think in life, it isn't until we experience profound loss or pain that we realize we have to, to make changes, right. Or grow, you know, and evolve. And you can either be put in a corner and you can go with the flow, which really means, hey, I'm going with this, or you can grow. And, and for me, it was being able to look back and saying, okay, what did that horrific experience teach me? What humble lessons did I learn as a result of not being my usual type A on top of the world, right? solving every problem, not being someone who's receiving, but someone who's leading. It was very, very, very humbling. Well, well, let's talk about that because 
you were doing that. You were on, you were the communicator, you were online, you were helping people, you were getting the information out to people. And then all of a sudden it was, it was a switch of, oh, I actually need help right now. This, you know, I've been focused on everyone else. Look now at my family. And, you know, I think when we're in the midst of taking care of everyone and building communities, we do have that. I'm, I'm uh, maybe, I'm not going to say we're putting our families um, second. That's not, that's not true, but that passion and focus to help, it does sometimes go first. And so somebody said a quote, a quote to me this week, um, Heinz Block, I was interviewing him and he says, you know, we, we don't need to be just passionate about our work because passion, you know, it can be in, put in front of everything else but we do need to add value to others. And so I know that's kind of off topic, Katie, but it just this week, it was so profound to me that it's kind of like that message of put your life, um, you know, life mask on first or life jacket on first before helping others. Did you feel that way? Did you feel that moment where you're like, what have I done? I haven't, you know, protected us. It did. You know, I hate asking for help. And I'm sure you know, a lot of women in business like me, and you are one of, yes, you are one of one yourself. Um, We preach the need to ask for help and to enlist others, you know, mentors and sponsors to fill our gaps and get ahead. And then we don't practice any of that ourselves, right? It's it's real easy to say, hey, you need to do this. But then, you know, and, and what's interesting too is my entire professional life is is has been defined by helping people to get ahead and encourage them right to ask for what they need. And then when I need something like this is my shortcoming, right? I don't ask. And so it wasn't until Harvey slammed the you know the Texas shores, <laughs> dropped sixty inches of rain in my backyard to realize that I had to give up this stubborn commitment to self sufficiency. And ask for help. And so, you know, I, I will never forget this moment. There was a man who showed up at my front door with a boat, okay, to rescue me from this house that quite literally is, is you know, in the Titanic, you see that water is filled around, you know, scene where it's right as it's about to just implode. So it didn't right. implode. Yeah, it didn't implode in my home, but it was right at the door. And there was the boat, right? And I just thought to myself, how is this me, right? You know, we were told to shelter in place. We were told everything was going to be fine. You know, we were told stay. And I normally am pretty actually like, whatever, you know, I'm going to do what I want to do. But I listened to the authorities. I put my trust and faith in, you know, in them. And even they realized, right? Wow, um, we've we've got a bigger situation on our hands and we need to ask for help. So I put on my mask and I called for help and I, and this man showed up at my door and what was amazing and powerful about it is I didn't know anything about him and he didn't know anything about me. His English was completely broken. My Spanish non-existent, right? But he helped us get into that boat and sped us through these waterlogged streets to safety. And I will never forget that moment. He saved dozens of people that day and he had nothing to gain, right? But he had something to give. And so I think women in our in, in, in our world and, and people in general, we don't want to be vulnerable. We, we don't even want to acknowledge gender sometimes and brush it aside. And so it was a surprising thing that helped when I asked, you know, happened um, 
when I asked for help was gratitude just totally overwhelmed my loss of power and control. It reminded me that like, we're all in this together. You know, it's not just the people at the top of the house looking down who have value and wisdom. It's all of us. And I've known that, but it's so hard, right? When you're leading in those areas to accept that, hey, it's time for you to receive. It's, a, it's time for you to say, yes, thank you for the help. So I did. Um, so it, I learned a lot about, um, you know, this habit of, of not being able to ask for help and creating new habits of asking for help and accepting it when it's offered because we all need it more than we know. Yeah, such a good point and one I am continually trying to learn, as we pointed out, Katie. Uh, it is hard. Um, it takes a lot of energy um, to to keep ourselves um, as the leader and, and taking care of everything. Um, now, we have a lot of energy, too, Katie. That's one of the things I love to describe you as, a, a lady with energy um, in the energy field. Uh, but, you know, we don't have to do it by ourselves, uh, which is what's so great about the community. Uh, I'm going to skip ahead in your book uh, because this chapter really stood out to me as one of my favorites. Uh, it's chapter nine for those of you who uh, want to jump ahead with us. Uh, it is chapter nine, the three traits you need to succeed. Starts with a quote, which I love that everything starts with a quote, Katie. Vision, wheel, and grit. Rinse and repeat. Yes. By Miss Katie. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. I can't think of three better words, to be honest, uh, if when we're talking about succeeding. But which ones, you know, is there one that's more important than the other one to you as far as, you know, when I wrote this chapter, I remember thinking, it's always great to have the one thing. And then when my editor and I were going through it, he said, no, <laughs> one is good but a framework of three is even better. And so I will say they all build off of each other. So in the, in the book, I, I talk about, you know, how vision not just grants you the clarity and momentum, but it grants you an, an identity. And look, we spend our, most of our, us uh, spend our early years of life trying to get, you know, to define who we are. But your vision will become who you are and how people know you. And that's important because it's kind of one and the same. It's your rep, right? It's going to happen no matter what or where you are in relation to your goal. And so I say that because if you don't want, if you, first of all, if you don't know who you are and what you stand for and your values, you're never going to get to that end game. You're going to spin around. I call it the dreadmill right? You're going to be racing, racing, racing. And a lot of that takes serious reflection on what am I good at and what do I just suck at? And it's okay to suck. We all suck at things, but we all have loads to give. And when you let go of what you're not good at and excel truly at what you are at, you can then say, all right, this is what I'm supposed you know, to do. And that's like the first step. And the second step is will. Now, you've got to have a goal. And unfortunately, so when I was a kid, I remember I wanted to win this election in high school in student council. Everybody wants to 
you know, when you're a kid, it's, oh, is it homecoming court or is it this or it's that, you know, it's an achievement, right? What do I want to achieve? And I saw all these really popular kids getting picked for stuff. And I thought, you know what? Why do they want that, right? What's their vision? Well, I think a lot of the vision when you're younger is, popularity, wanting to feel liked. And that's normal because we're all, you know, at some point we're in that phase of our life. But I wanted it because I wanted to make change happen in my school, (laughs) which sounds real uh, mature, right? But I really wanted the ability to uh, put on my, my leadership skills very young. I lost every single election until the very last. And you see, that's what will is. Will is when you've got will, you're unstoppable. People understand that you care, right? And they know what they're dealing with. So they're like, she's serious. It's one thing to go out for something once. And I tell women this, they'll, they'll apply for an award. And when they're told no, they think no is the last door. No, if you want something, you gotta ask yourself, What do I need to do to achieve that? Why do I want to achieve that? I think that is important because that gets back to vision. What's your why? Like, why do you care? Because if you're motivated by something pure, that's good. If you're motivated by something else, that's when you've got to sit in in the chair and I call it the therapy chair, whether it's you sit with yourself quietly and reflect on that or you sit with a therapist or, or a coach or whomever you need to, to figure out what's motivating you, right? Because at the end of the day, motivation is what drives everyone forward to a goal. So those are the first two pieces. And the third piece is grit. And grit is all about not actually toughness, like you would think. Toughness is, you know, will and grit seem like they might be the same thing. For me, grit is shutting out the naysayers. And I know you have them because you are so successful in your career. People who want to say, nah, you can't do that. Or the trolls, the haters, the people that haven't quite frankly nested their own vision, their own identity, right? They are the folks who didn't do the hard work, that reflection, right? That therapy, so to speak, to root themselves in a place that comes from pure. So that's why I say like, it's people ask me all the time in this chapter, what's your most important part? And I'm like, well, all three, because at the end of the day, If you don't have the first, you know, that's important. But if you don't have the second, you're not going to get to your, 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 uh, your destination. Third, you got to have the third because you've got to be able to say, I've got my will. I've got my vision. And the grit is to tell everybody else go to hell. Yeah. Otherwise you're going to give up. So you got to have, I love that. You know, you got to have your why you got to be able to know that like in, in every aspect to know exactly why you're doing this it, because it's hard and you're gonna have to do it over and over, you know, whatever that thing is that you're striving for to get better and improve. And then, yeah, grit. I mean, I love that. I love the grit awards. I think that is just such a great, um, just word to describe what you have to do. Um, and, and you're right. It is about in the face of, of this negative talk, even if it's somebody who's not trying to, you know, damage you, they might just say something that's not positive and you can feel that in your body and you have to kind of really self-reflect and, and take care of that and know that, you know, you're doing what you were set out. And well, Charlie, you know, one of the reasons why 
I love working with you is I've said to myself, who do I want to be in the village and Katie's village? And people ask me this all the time. You know, you've amassed this big network. How did you do it? Well, when you get your identity and you understand your why, then you start looking around for the same kind of people. What's her why? What's his why? You start to identify yourself with people who have common value systems. And that's all of a sudden very powerful because that's when you realize, okay, Charlie and Katie and Bob and Sue and, you know, and the like come from a place of, you know, cut from the same cloth, right? Their, their motivation is common. And, and, and that's how I choose who to respond to, right? Who to do business with, who to spend my time with. I mean, you know, we have 24 hours in a day And of course, these days we're socially distanced, right? But I look at what are the other people's value systems? But until you have your own thing, your own house in order and and cleaned up, you know, and you're able to recognize, hey, I don't have it all and it's okay. I don't have to have it all. You let that ego know that while it's there, it's in check then it's a powerful way to move through life. I mean, if a lot of people I see stumble, they get to 40, 50, 60 years old until something rocks their world and they realize, wow, I have to do something about, you know, me. And the older we get, the harder it is. This is, this is a known fact. It's a scientific fact. And so that's why I encourage people, if you're not aware if you keep coming across the same boundary in life, you know, in relationships, at home, in, in relationships at work, it's time to look in the mirror and figure out who you are, what makes you tick, your values, and then drive that to a vision. Oh, that was so good, Katie. I, I am honored. Well, of course. And, and the same here. I mean, it, it's a two-way street, but I mean, people just, when I get that question, I'm kind of like, I like to hang out with people who who are in a good place. Now, not everybody is going to be in a place where they're not always going to be in a good place, right? And but I also look for people who are looking for their vision, right? It's the negative, it's the negativity and the naysayers, the victims that I say there's some work to do, and and that's how you keep the toxic out. I don't know. I mean, what's your thought on that, Charlie? Because I think you and I come from a, a, a similar place. You know, how do you handle the, you know, those, these kinds of situations, you know, where you come across people and, you know, they want to do something with you or they want to work with you? Um, what's your framework? Yeah, that's, it's really difficult. And it is kind of case by case when you meet someone. Um, but it, it starts with being able to know, uh, kind of similar to that vision, what are they trying to accomplish? And, and can I help for one? Can I help with something they're trying to accomplish? Is it a win-win? Uh, does it feel like, you know, somebody's just taking from you? Um, and then I, I also, I think for me, I have to be able to have that open conversation, mm-hmm. that trust with someone. Uh, if they're not willing to share something, um, maybe something that is really personal to them, uh, I think it's really hard for me to to build a trust around like a trust in a business relationship. So that's really hard, you know, to 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 say that for everyone that comes in contact. I do have I I would say this. I've only fired a couple of clients before. 
Um, and that's when they were mean to one of my staff. And so I, I say that uh, laughingly, but really at the end of the day, we have to have a mindset to improve people's lives um, and not uh, to um, distract them or, or make them feel less. So I think that that's what I look for from people is, are they trying to give of themselves to improve people's lives? And and Katie, you absolutely do that. Um, and, and I think that there's many others we could go into that we know. And, and really, I, I'm thankful too, uh, Katie, I'll say that going to your conferences and meeting the rest of your group, I haven't met some amazing women that I probably would never have um, the opportunity to meet. And I just th- find them fascinating. So back to your point of us, you know, connecting with people with like minds and that are trying to accomplish the same goals. When we can get us all together, then we are stronger and we are building things and able to, you know, create change, which is what we're trying to do. No. And, you know, in that same chapter, because look, we can talk about success all we want, but at the end of the day, the last part of that chapter is about failure. And this is where I say, you can't get to who you are until you fail a bunch. And that's why the will and the grit part are important because I tell people, I'm like, successful people are fast freaking failures. Okay. Meaning like they'll fail, 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 and then they fail harder and then they succeed. I mean, if you read anything about some of the greatest inventors of our time, women and men, you know, back in the day, you know, when they were, you know, during the world wars, when um, there's a really great thing on the history channel right now about the emergence of the food industry and how the food industry revolutionized America. And I watched it, binge watched it literally the other day, because I'm sitting at home trying to do something other than work. Right. And it was amazing to listen to how obsessed they were with learning from their failures. The problem is, is we live in a society where we think we have to know it all. And that gets back to the whole, I don't need help, right? My ego is here. And so it wasn't, I will never forget feeling like Harvey, wow, here's a failure. But by the way, not a failure I could have could have done anything about, right? I mean, the government flooded my backyard. (laughs) Now, did we have insurance? No, but we were also under a false pretense that we were a hundred feet higher off the ground. But because our climate is changing, you know, the land has changed. And that was a risk we took 10 years ago when we bought the home not to have flood insurance. It wasn't required. So this was a failure on my part. That was a failure to, to mitigate that risk. But at the end of the day, I can't control the weather. You can't control things. I can't control things. But what we can do is grow, grow with the flow, right? Grow from that moment. You know what what I did? The first thing I did, I went out and ran ran out and got myself a lot more insurance than I needed, probably, right? Right. And we built higher, right? We've built, you know, we built, um, you know, more into the home when we, you know, replaced it. And it was a painful process, right? It's expensive to have to replace a house, Right. But I said, ah, I'll get to that, you know, and look, I'm a lucky woman. I was nothing. There are so many people still trying to come back from Harvey, but this happened at a time too, when Pink Petro was growing and I had to make a difficult decision. Do I go and sell it or tell the world, oh, woe is me, poor me, right? Or do I grow and, and double down? And, and so it took a while. And like I said, a lot of therapy and a lot of self-reflection and writing and writing the book and finishing it. 
But now I'm in a place where we're in the middle of the pandemic and I'm like, I'm unstoppable. I don't care that we're in the middle of this apocalypse, okay? We will get through this as a society, right? What we've got to do is take the past and learn from it and apply it to new challenges and new crises. And that's what I'm doing right now during COVID. That's right. And and being able to have that uh, recovery, a quicker recovery, because we know that it's just a failure. It's not the end. And, to, and okay, what's next? What's next? How do we get better? How can we move on? Uh, I think that's in everything that we do, Katie. And okay, I want to I want to end with um, and everybody. Yeah, I'll link to this book um, in the uh, show notes so that you can have a copy of this. Also, of course, uh, to the platform so that you can become an ally as well. Uh, okay, so I want to I want to end with this, which is just a great statement. It's the last page of your book, Katie. It's a quote, as a true leader, Katie's power comes from her ability to influence people and earn their respect. That is absolutely truth. And Katie, you earned my respect the moment that you showed me that you had grit. So I'm so excited to have you on the podcast. And is there anything else that you want to tell our listeners before we go? Well, I want to tip my hat to you. First of all, I am... I'm so blessed that the internet has connected me to so many amazing people. Um, it's also, I've bumped heads with crazy people, but, and I think we all have, but I love the work you're doing. I absolutely love that I'm seeing women and allies, right, come together to address these social issues we have around diversity and inclusion, but in particular in the energy industry where we've got a lot of work to do to drive a more sustainable future and climate for our world. And so it's like, it's an honor for me to be on your podcast, to have been asked to come and talk empowerment, which I I would do all day long if I could, right? I'm beaming right now, Katie. You can't see me, but I'm beaming. If you saw my face, I'm like grinning ear to ear. And you're just amazing to work with. You're doing amazing things. And I know we're going to continue to be unstoppable together. Looking forward to what's next, Katie. It's going to be great. All right. Thanks again for being here. Thank you. And that's a wrap for this special bonus episode of the Empowering Industry Podcast. We'll be back every Monday with new episodes. But if you want to continue the conversation with us before then, you can tag us on social media at Empowering Pumps using the hashtag Empowering Industry Podcast or email us at podcast at empoweringpumps.com. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review, and then we'll be back next Monday with a full episode. And until then, be empowering. <music>